0: Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 2, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the SP 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot to discuss. We're going to continue to discuss how this thing works so that everybody has the proper expectations going forward. However, The first thing we're going to do today is take a look at the daily chart, and we're going to comment on what's jumping back off the page back to us. Now, there's a couple of things right out of the chute. We have two lines on the screen, 449.75 and 447.19. We had an oh boy number. We didn't obviously need that today, but you never know. You always have to come to the game prepared. You wake up today and you start getting some kind of a 50-60 handle gap down, and guess what? The oh boy number was on the table. We'll leave it there for the time being. We might need it at some point in the future. We were working with a third number. I think it was at around 452.50, And we said that really represented the breakout area. What's that area one more time? The market runs up to here, gets rejected. And then once it works back up and it breaks out over that spot, It's coming back to run a test of that spot. Now, here's what we also say all the time. doesn't mean they're going to hit the top of that spot on the dime and bounce off of it. Sometimes they trade through it. Sometimes they come up slightly short on the first run. Sometimes they stay down there for a couple of days or more and then go back up in the northern direction. Well, they stayed down one day. They closed on the low yesterday, popped back up today. That was a former breakout area. We're attributing, in part, the rally or snapback or dead cat bounce today to the fact that they came into an important zone. An important zone is comprised of exactly that. It's a zone. We don't know whether they were going to stop at 451, 450, 449, 75. You don't know exactly where she's going to stop. All you can do is prepare the numbers that you can identify as being important. If they're important... She's always going to hit the number, otherwise we consider it unfinished business. Now, we don't know whether today is going to morph into a longer-term rally for more points on the upside. Are they going to rally back to the 20-period moving average, 465, give or take, maybe slightly higher? Are they going to fail before that? Are they going to do both? In these markets, once you get into a corrective phase, we see an expansion of volatility. When that happens, you get big swings in both directions. As an example, tomorrow we have a phony jobs number on tap. That's the perfect excuse to do either or with the market. They can use it as a benchmark for a failure, or they can use it as an excuse to goose the market to the next important spot. What is that next important spot? You might want to get out the sticky pad. Well, most would think it's about 460 or so. And from an intraday perspective, it's a big fat round number. From an intraday perspective, it is important. What's the more important spot? Well, there's one about a buck and a half higher for starters. We'll call it 461.60, give or take. And then the real bona fide overhead resistance if we had another real strong leg higher and they made it up to 464, for example. So let's say they goose the market on the phony jobs number. You get some more short covering, buying begets buying, panic buying sets in. Before you turn around, they're at 464, 465. And guess what? That is overhead resistance. Write that down. Put it on the sticky pad. Stick that page to your monitor. Now, if they hung around 462, 461, 463 for like two days, that changes the thing. I'm talking about if they were to hit 464 to 465 in that zone tomorrow, Friday, that is overhead resistance. Here's a 240 chart. Let's take a look at what we see in terms of that area, just in case we're looking up north. And what do we find on this chart? But we find a convergence of moving averages up in that zone, the 50 and the 20 period moving average, and a gap. The gap is 464.64, and guess what? That had nothing to do with 464 to 465 as overhead resistance. That was coming from somewhere else. So now we begin to create a stackable situation. The 120-minute chart, 464.84, convergence of moving averages, 50 and 100 period moving averages. A different reason, different chart, same general zone, same general price area, overhead resistance, the stack continues. 60-minute chart up in that zone. You have a 100-period moving average slightly above at 465 and change. You also have a trend line that you can make a case for a resistance once it gets there. We'll call it 462 for argument's sake. Maybe it's slightly lower by the time it gets there, 460 and a half, 461. It depends on when they would hit this trend line, but the trend line Would be overhead resistance, but if they got over the trend line, there's another leg higher to where, I want to say immediately, but pretty fast to 464 to 465. That's the way I read this particular chart. From a weekly chart perspective, we did have a reversal last week. This week came into maybe just shy of the 20-week moving average, former breakout area natural place for the market to find stability at minimum of a short-term basis. That's why we put those lines in the other day. It was a logical zone. Friday's close will be important. Why is that? Are they going to close above or below last week's close? That means something. It's not an end-all, be-all, but it's certainly more bullish if they close above. What if there's a shakeout operation after the phony jobs number? What if they send the market down in the southbound lane? Well, you're gonna have specific numbers along the way and inside the number members will have those numbers from an intraday perspective, but from a bigger picture perspective, if they went down all the way to 447 and change, filled that gap, touched the 100 period moving average, I think that is still an area you would expect a contingent of buyers should be supportive, even though we had a pretty good dead cat bounce away before that zone. That's still a pretty big area one day removed from a bounce. I'm not saying you buy it with both hands. I'm saying, from a nighttime video perspective, without the benefit of seeing what's going on in real time, I would expect 447 and change to still be important. If they had an early morning shakeout operation, think about it. If they did and they went all the way down there by chance, I'm not saying they will, we have no idea. I'm just saying if they did something like that from where they're coming from today's close, that's a long way away. The market would already be in a stretched or rubber band stretched type of scenario if they were already down there. It's a real time type of thing just selling off a little bit after the phony jobs number, inside the number members will have the intraday numbers at their disposal. What a convenient lead-in to begin taking a look inside the numbers. Now, we're going to run through the commentary. I'm going to point out a couple of things, a couple of important things, and there's a method to the madness. Let's start with the early thoughts, and then I'll uncover and unpack what I'm referring to. It has to do with patience, waiting for a setup, if you will, and not guessing at the tape. So far, early Thursday, another snapback disguised as a wounded cat bounce or dead cat bounce. I don't like to write the word dead. I use wounded. It's a little softer. I have nothing against cats. I'm a dog guy, but I have nothing against cats. Will this one hold and turn into a rip-your-face-off rally? And by the way, rip-your-face-off rallies start somewhere and they morph from there. So today could have been phase one of a rip your face off rally. Tomorrow could be phase two. Today could have been a dead cat bounce and tomorrow could be a failure. A lot's gonna hinge on the market's reaction to the phony jobs number. What we're saying here early is because the market had a big sell-off into the closing bell, kind of blows through certain numbers and really what I'll say is invalidates them in the short run. So early in the morning, we really don't have a lot of close by numbers to hang our hat on because of what happened the prior day. Doesn't always work like that. It worked like that for me this morning. So, what I'm saying is, we focus on the big support and resistance stuff until she settles down and gets back into a normal garden variety type of tape. At present, 450, 449.75 is a natural and psychological area of support. Now, by the way, let's think about this. They came close yesterday and never got there today to 450. We talk about it all the time. Sometimes they come close to screw who? To screw two contingent of traders. Contingent of traders A were the ones waiting to cover their shorts at 450, and this is a hypothetical, but you'll get the point. And the second contingent of traders were the ones waiting to buy on a spike of 450, and both contingent of traders were screwed over. That's courtesy of. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Who are they? What's their job? Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Now, we had some more downside stuff. We didn't need that, but you have to have it going into the morning session. We're talking about a rescue operation, where the initial resistance areas would be. Big swings in both directions are on the docket again. Stock's on the move. We had some stuff on the list today. Nothing hit its number in the manner in which we like it to. We're going to look at some charts. We'll go back to stocks on the move, but they didn't kill the tape in the opening bell. And because of that, everything participated in a rescue operation, so nothing really got to the numbers we wanted to, minus a couple of stocks that opened slightly below and had an immediate rescue operation issuing a screw job to those waiting for the number, but not buying it below the number, but waiting for the next one that would be us. All right, we're moving along. Let's see what we have. Before the opening bell, Apple was hanging around a specific number. You'll see later when we circle back. But here's the thing. They've been hanging around the number for a while in the pre-market. And this goes to other ones, and that's why I'm reviewing it, because this happens from time to time. So if you're an Inside the Number member and like to play stocks on the move, you need to understand this. That's Mrs. Market's way of telling us that's the number. Or they're headed to the next destination. They're really using that number as a way station on their way after the opening bell to the next number. We've seen both scenarios. Sometimes they hit the number right at the opening bell and take off back up north. Other times they're hovering around the opening bell and then right after the opening bell, they drop them like when Mrs. Trend throws your shit out the window and they go right to the second number, but that would only be right after you purchased the first number. We all know how that works. We'll circle back to Apple later. Here's your five-minute chart. Right at the vertical is today's activity. 454 is your line. Once they got above it, you see they came for a back test, spiked it by a little bit. That little zone, 453, 75, or 85, up to 454. Did a dipsy-doodle below. But once they started getting over and staying over 454, that was it. They never touched it again. 454 is the bull case. If they get through 455 and a quarter and close candles above 456.20, give or take, is the next magnet. 456.20. You can see within pennies that area is important. They run back down, come back to it, can't get through on the first run. When they do get through, they back tested it. That was an important spot. That number was good to know. And it was magnetic. We're moving along. Now pay attention to this because it gets better after this. It's not lost on me that there were a few screw jobs from stocks on the move. Again, we'll get back to those later. Opening below and ripping higher, it happens. As for the SPY, you can't just hop on board. That's not what we do. That's guessing. Could still be a shakeout operation of the shorts and could still be the beginning stages of a real rip your face off rally. So we're saying we just don't know yet. It's 9.55, market's been open for 25 minutes. I get it that traders have itchy trigger fingers. Part of my job is to really issue some patience along with the commentary. Let's move along, see what else we have. For now, and this is 9.57, 4.53.85, back to that number from before, is our early pivot. Above, and the bulls can tack on more. Below, and the bears wanna run some tests down south. So at 10 o'clock or slightly before, that's the number I'm using as my guideline. Above and she's good, below and she's not. Remember, this is 957. And right here is 1005. So 10 o'clock, 1005. They come down to run a test. They have a shakeout operation below. Makes you think they're failing. They get right back above about 20, 25 minutes later. That's the way it works. There's a 10-minute chart. One 10-minute candle closed below. There's a 15-minute chart, one 15-minute candle closed below, and there's your reversal candle. But wait, there's more. If they're going to push higher, what's the extreme on this push? That was for the morning session, like right away. They had a reversal candle. They started to run higher. If they're going to continue, 458 to 458.65 was an interesting short early in the day. Now, they ended up getting there, but that's a whole different cup of tea. Let's move along. 1009, if they run a test of the pivot, 453.85, and hold, it's bullish for another leg higher. They close candles below the pivot, it's a different thing. The higher would entail 458 at some point later today. Now think about that for a second. 10 o'clock in the morning, you're at 454, give or take. It's 40 handles away, 458 is what I'm saying, some point later today. Okay, we're moving along. 1021, it's all about the pivot. You're going to start to read between the lines. If it holds, they're going to rally higher. There's a little roadblock. That's not important right now. 1024, if they get going, 456.35 is a gateway. 458 to 458.65 later today or tomorrow. 456.35 is both resistance, magnetic, and the way station to higher numbers. I've moved the line to 456.35. It was the way station to higher numbers, then they came back for a back test, then they tried it again, then at the end of the day, they came back for another back test. Know your numbers. Let's move along, see what else we have. It's already a quieter day, so the complexion of the market is what it is. It's one thing one day, another thing the next. If they change course midday, like they did yesterday, You adjust accordingly. But right now, we use the 80-20 rule, the duck theory. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's generally going to be a duck. So what does that mean on a day like today? If she stays that way, the path of least resistance will be to push them higher. It's a relief rally unless they're back below the pivot. That's your guideline. This is your tour guide. This is when they got below the pivot. If they stay there, no dice. Back above, dice was a rodeo there for a while, but here's the important thing. 10.50, if. If that was a shakeout operation and they get above 4.50, 4.60 on candle closes, the bulls have another leg higher as discussed earlier. It would be the higher low thing from an intraday chart that also looks like one of those ABC deals. Just saying. All right, so what are we talking about? We use a 15-minute chart. We don't need this. I want to draw something out, and I want to show you exactly what I was looking at and why. So the market comes down, and now all of a sudden they start a relief rally. So they come in, they make a high, that's off the bottom, that's leg A for me. When they have a pullback and they start to create a higher low, guess what? That's the B leg. What are we doing here? We're saying, at minimum, if this is an ABC, they're gonna go back up, they're gonna complete from an official perspective, once they get above the high of the A leg, and they keep going sometimes, and sometimes they don't, but that's the concept of the trade. We had the outline of the trade, we had a pattern developing on the chart, we had a target for the trade, and we had a specific number that if they stay below, the trade is not working, it's not valid, and you have to exit the trade. So what more could you be looking for? That was laid out inside the numbers, And what we're doing here is scrolling through, pause the video. You'll see it over and over again because I'm saying the same thing. This is what it is. This is what's happening. This is what's developing. There's the target. So what you should do is pause the video, read the notes, double check the work, go back to the charts. What is this worth to you to have this information during the trading day? Stock's on the move. Had a little laundry list today. The ones we're going to look at are MU, We're going to look at Apple, V-E-E-V, and that's the last one. The others didn't hit their price objectives or entry targets. We're only going to focus on the ones that at least came into it somehow, some way. We can always learn something from every single chart every single day. Here's Apple. Apple's number was 159.40. They were hanging around right around the opening bell. Before the opening bell, they opened Slightly below. Opening print, 158.74. They went down, they went back up. Ultimately, that was the spot. They never got to the second number. They just took off from there. The number was right. The way in which it happened wasn't conducive to me at least taking the trade. MU opened below the number and stayed below the number for the most part. You can see how the number was important. But once below the number, what does it become? It becomes... Overhead resistance. Support and resistance are just terms. They're just names for stuff. What it really means is, if you're above an important number and you come down to that number, it should be support. You get below that number, and then it's resistance when you go back up to it. That's it. It's not about support and resistance. It's about the numbers being important. Can you identify which ones are important? Then everything else falls into place. Without the numbers, you have a pile of shit. The last one we'll look at is Viva Systems, V-E-E-V. Same routine as Apple. They opened at 245.62. My number was 248.90. They never got to the second number. It's like a carbon copy of Apple. They went up, they came for the back test, and then went up for there. The numbers work. I mean, look where the stock finished relative to what the entry or proposed entry was. 248.90, 262.45 on close. That almost deserves a how you doing. But I wasn't in the trade. So I'm not doing as good as somebody else that might have been in the trade. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So yesterday they had a tremendous breakdown candle, reversal candle, capitulation candle. It's one of those candles, high volume, probably a capitulation candle, at least from a short-term perspective. But the question is... Can they get above the high of that candle and the convergence of those moving averages? We don't know, but here's what we'll say. What we'll say is that's going to be overhead resistance, and it's also going to be magnetic for the IWM. So over the next several days, unless they kill the tape and they go below yesterday's low, they're going to want to work up to that price, up to that zone around two and a quarter. Maybe it's 224, maybe it's 225, Up to that zone of two and a quarter, maybe even slightly higher. That's going to be magnetic as long as they're not collapsing the tape. Below yesterday's low, all bets are off. We're talking about Irene. You got a poor weekly close. And we're mapping out some other stuff. You're going to hear the media, or I'm sure you're already hearing the media discuss the Christmas rally. December is bullish. It's a naturally bullish, seasonally bullish time of the year. All that stuff. So once you get a couple of days off the lows, a couple of up days, that's going to be the prevailing conversation. Buying begets buying. Panic buying sets in. That's the way the market works. It works on momentum. It works on fear and greed. The market's going up. We get greedy. We're missing something. We get FOMO. We want to hop on board. When the market's going down, we don't get greedy trying to buy on sale. What we do as human nature, is I'm talking about, not what I do or you do, it's human nature. When the market's going down, we get scared, we get fearful that our account is going to lose more money, and therefore we want to cut the pain out. We want to cut the position and run away. Fear and greed, pleasure and pain, we don't want pain, we don't like fear, We shouldn't be greedy, and with that bucket of stuff, it's very difficult for the average person to unpack how you treat the market from an emotional perspective. What should you be doing when they're doing something, and what shouldn't you be doing when they're doing something? The market is the great temptation. For now, the IWM is really about the weekly chart. Tomorrow's the end of the week. Are they going to rally the tape back up to get back above or at least in between those moving averages, the 20 and the 50 period moving average, or do they kill the thing, we lose Irene, and it's all bets are off on the bull side, and it's game on for the bear case going forward? Remember, you're going to see big swings in both directions. It's hard to kill a bull. They'll try and use any excuse to rally the market, but know this, if we're in a corrective phase, then it switches from a buy-the-dip mentality and market to a sell-the-rip market. Big, tremendous snapback for the folks down at the transportation department. They almost reversed yesterday's technical reversal candle. Now, was yesterday a capitulation low? And when I say capitulation, I'm not talking about a generational low. I'm talking about a low for that move. Also known as an exhaustion candle. Where do you find out about that stuff? In the course, Lazy emini Trader. So they never filled the gap. It's unfinished business. They reverse the thing. This is what happens in corrective phases. Big swings in both directions. Up 3.5% today and down a whole lot more yesterday. That's not a normal tape. We're not in a normal tape. We should expect these type of moves across all markets, not necessarily all on the same day, but this is what you're going to find all the time. From a weekly chart perspective, they spiked the moving averages. They bounced right off of it. We'll see where they close the week tomorrow. They closed the week in those moving averages. It's not the same, obviously. If they bounced off of it and they still maintain price above all the moving averages on a weekly basis, guess what? Here it comes. The trend is your friend until she throws your shit off the roof. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? Well, they never came down to that breakout area, 382.78. That's unfinished business. It's unlikely that they never get there, but they can bounce away for a while and make it look like everything's fine. That's totally possible. It happens all the time. We expect the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew to participate in the market each and every day. Just putting things in perspective, You look at the weekly chart, you understand the trend, the trend is up, there's nothing wrong with the weekly chart. All they're doing is coming back to run a test of home base or the 20 period moving average. Now, that's not to mention that they put in a high, they had some kind of reversal candle last week on some decent volume, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We have to be objective, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, from a weekly chart perspective, there's no trend reversal on the queues at present. Here's a snapshot once again of the IWM. Let's say they close right here tomorrow where they are today. All of a sudden, we'd be talking about a weekly trend reversal developing in the IWM. You see the difference. My opinion, for what it's worth, they'll rescue the thing before the end of the week. That's just an opinion. Financials, XLF, looks like all the rest of the markets. The same candles prevail on most of the charts. At this point in the week, I find it more beneficial to understand where we are by this point in the week, because it's so important where the week closes. Well, look where we are. Right above the 20-week moving average. They spiked it, they're above it. Where will they close the week, staying above it? Again, the weekly trend remains the same. We have to understand where we are. Forget your bias. Forget what it should be. Forget what you want it to be. Check your emotions and your biases at the door. Interesting day on Smash Mouth today. They got below the 20-period moving average but did rescue itself by the close. I have to say, I'm a little surprised that Smash Mouth was only up less than 1% today. So tech wasn't really screaming Smash Mouth wasn't really screaming. The IWM did scream. The transports or the folks down at the transportation department, they were screaming. So those are my two favorite leading indicators. But why wasn't money running into tech? We'll have to see. It's on my radar screen. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's not really on a sticky note. That's a pretty big time reversal candle made last week. They made a new high, finished on the lows didn't really reverse the prior week, so technically it's not the best, but we have to pay attention to it. They get above that high and they close a week above that high, that's fine. They're extended from home base still. They still want to come back to run a test around home base or at least give home base a chance to ride up to price a little bit. It's interesting how Smash Mouth is in a different position than almost every other market. And by the way,